You are Locked On Seminoles, your daily podcast on the Florida State Seminoles, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Ladies and gentlemen, happy Monday and welcome to Locked On Seminoles. I'm your host, Max, and with me, I've got a full house with Drake and Dave. Guys, how are we doing today? We are doing great over here, Max. Uh, it hasn't rained yet today, and in Florida, that is a miracle. Yeah, thank God. I mean, it would be a better day, but I think the baseball gods are blessing me right now because I can't watch my last place Marlins team play the Yankees right now, so I'm actually in a very good mood today, Max. There it is. Well, folks, we are excited to kick off the week with you. If this is your first time here, welcome. We're Locked On Seminoles. We are two lawyers and a lobbyist that love Florida State, and like you, we love talking about the thing that's causing us so much pain in this moment, hoping that it'll get better. If it's your 150th time here, well, welcome back. We love you. We're happy to have you. Either way, make sure y'all swing over to the iTunes or uh, Apple Pods, whatever they call it these days. Hit us with a five-star review. Don't forget to hit that follow button and let us know what you like about us. But getting into our, uh, our first segment here, we're going to talk about the depth chart today before we hop over and talk about individual players and what we're excited to see from them you guys want to start with offense or defense let's start with offense offense all right uh, oh man offense obviously head of the offense that's probably going to be our most controversial one so we are actually going to save quarterback for last so let's talk about who you guys see at the depth chart it doesn't have to be an exact answer of your ones it can kind of be who you think will emerge or we all know mike norvell's offense is built for playmakers and we're very likely to see a Starter be a fluid term, very similar to Leonard Hamilton's basketball team, right? There's a reason we've had two sixth men now drafted fourth overall in the NBA draft. And I expect something very similar from Mike Norbell's offense. But let's start with the backfield. Dave, I'm going to go to you first. Who do you think is going to be our I'm, – I'm not even going to use the term starter here because of how much he'll, he'll have them spell each other. Who do you think is going to be the main running back this year? Well, I can tell you this, Max, being here in Tallahassee, uh, the wind picked up the other day and I saw Lawrence Toafili uh, get carried away by the wind. So, <laughs> highly doubt it's going to be him. No, I am looking forward to it. <laughs> uh, yeah. Uh, yeah, saw some good stuff from Jay Sean Corbin last year. I loved what I saw from DJ Williams in the spring game. That dude runs like a – we haven't had a guy that runs like him I mean, obviously, since Cam Akers, but I'm not sure he doesn't run even more physical than Cam. So can I share? Can I share? Can I share something, folks? If again, if it's your first time here, we are go. We are so training camp starts next week, and we ourselves are going into training camp. You are getting a locked in, dialed in, less randomness from Max, less mumbling from Drake, and less Dave isms. It the the bad kind. Y'all know what we mean if you've been here a hundred times. But I want one quick Max interjection because we like to share some personality with y'all. The coolest moment of my life as a Florida State sports fan was getting to be in that press box for the spring game. Incredible. And they, when they came over and they say, is there anyone on this list you'd like to interview? And there was no mark next to DJ Williams' name. I said, well, if, if, if you don't mind, you know, could we maybe get DJ Williams because he had a really good game? I realized I didn't have to say all that. And she goes, yeah, we'll get him. Boom. Puts a mark next to him and goes, I was like, oh. like it, it was like the first time Harry Potter guys, Patronus charmed work. Anyway, Drake, who are you thinking we're looking at as our main running back? 
Uh, I don't think it's going to be DJ Williams primarily because it's his first year in the system. And also, I think he's still trying to acclimate from being a backup tank Bixby over at Auburn. I'm probably also going to be with Dave here with Jay Sean Corbin. I think he brings a lot more to the backfield with his physicality. He also, we saw the Wildcat formation with him last year as well. And he, and if you saw by the end of the year, he kind of like got his second gear. The hamstring looks much better. And from what I'm hearing in practice, is that he is definitely the top dog right now in the backfield. So it's going to probably be him. Probably followed them by a mixture of Lawrence Toffili and Treshawn Ward, the walk-on now with scholarship athlete, and then probably ending up with DJ Williams probably getting the goal line carries. Yeah, I, you know, I think that makes sense. The one thing I would flip-flop is probably DJ and Jay Sean in the goal line. I think Jay Sean will still very much be our goal line guy because he's larger, and when they have their their bulldozer set in and they're trying to rip the ball out of your hands and all that. You really do want the guy that is just a larger massive human in there. A la Carlos Williams. I, I don't think that means you see DJ as your primary back. Uh, I do want to give some love to Lawrence Toafili though. I know he hasn't put on the size we wanted, but he also didn't look like glass out there last year. We also know that Mike Norvell and Kenny Dillingham in their system when it looks the way it's supposed to look. They like to throw a lot of passes to the halfback. And I think that Toa Philly's probably going to be your best pass catcher out there. Not sure if he has the best hands. I don't mean it like that, but the way he runs that sort of scat back style, I think he is really well suited to catch passes out of the backfield. Now let's move over to the wide receiver position. Obviously the wide receiver position can look a number of ways. Why don't y'all each give me who you think, Let's say your top three wide receivers are. Assume we're doing two wide outs in a slot. Who do you think is going to be mainly on the field in that type of look? And who do you think is going to be the number one receiver for this offense? All right. So the receiver position has been much maligned here and in any Florida State podcast or fan group of fans you will listen to. God, if it's not Andrew Parchment, that's our number one receiver this year. I'm going to be beside. I'm just going to be distraught and disappointed. Because he comes in as a number one receiver type. We don't have and haven't had a number one receiver type. We didn't have it last year, even with Terry, who was injured. And we need that to be successful on offense. As our two and three receivers, I mean, look, I am not going to talk bad about any Florida State players here. I'm not, we're not going to do that. But I think I've seen enough of Ontario Wilson and Keyshawn Helton to know that they're not going to take us to that next level. I hope to God I'm wrong. They've progressed massively during the offseason, but they just don't seem like the guys that can make this offense hum. So that said, we have some younger guys. Drake, I'm sure you'll talk about this more. Uh, Portier, we saw good things, some good things out of last year. We have Brian Robinson on the depth chart. We have Joshua Burrell, who looked like a freaking spring. So hopefully one or two of them are going to emerge. And if it isn't, I just don't see the passing game clicking like we'd like it to, no matter how good the quarterback is. So I'm also with you on the Andrew Parchman train. I actually think that he probably was the, the most important pickup we got from transfers as a whole, aside from, you know, Jermaine Johnson and Mackenzie Milton. However, I do think that we see the Keyshawn Helton that we saw two years ago, because we, as you know, he did return back from a knee injury. He has been practicing without a brace. And you kind of saw that with like, well, with a lot of things with drops is that, it's a mental thing, and you can you can see that he was afraid to you know do that little burst, do some extra moves. So I definitely see him actually probably be being probably a top three receiver for us for the year. And also, I wouldn't be surprised if you know we see him do some, do some career highs. And then you did bring up some of the young guys. I'm not an entire Wilson guy either. I don't think Portier actually is going to be. I kind of see him maybe blossoming next year when we have some of the older guys go out. 
I'm more looking towards like a Malik McLean, who we did see, you know, go up the seam at the spring game. He definitely has the speed, the size, and the athleticism as well. And if you see from FSU football, like Instagram and Twitter, he's definitely being marketed as like a top player. So it's probably going to be him. Maybe he's getting spelled by a B-Rob or maybe a Joshua Burrell. But those are probably my three. It's going to be Parchment, Helton, and then probably Malik McLean. No, I think those are all great points. I think we need a tall guy to emerge. Parchment's listed at 6'2", 6'3". That's, that's fine. I'm, I'm literally just looking at who we have at 6'4". And really the only answer at 6'4 is, is going to be Malik McLean emerging. Now, we saw him in the spring game. He had some really nice plays. I'm confident. The only, you know, we got Portier, who it's not Portier. The pronunciation guide says Portier. We also have him at 6'3". Y'all know I've been really high on him. His hands... He does have a little bit of the dropsies, so we're going to need to work on that. And the only other guy we've got at 6'4 is a scout teamer, Reggie Harden. But I looked at his bio. I know he's a scout teamer, but people have emerged at that position. And he was a three-sport athlete at Reigns. And he helped lead the Vikings to -to back-to-back 4A state titles and a regional semifinals appearance with 50 tackles and seven sacks as a senior. He was an all-state, all-class 5A football player as a senior. So while he is a scout teamer, we at least have a third guy at 6'4". That's all I'm saying. Three is better than two. The thing with Parchment, though, is I, I'm worried about his energy. You know, Parchment, he had 1,000 yards receiving at Kansas two years ago, but he did really nothing remarkable last year when he had a fourth stringer throwing to him. So if he can bring the same energy as he did two years ago, I'm confident in that. But energy is important. And I'm sure in whatever y'all do in your life, energy is also important. So if you find yourself sort of lagging in the energy department and you're trying to get going with something, but it just, it just isn't quite there. It could be because you're hungry and not for something sugary, not for something sweet, but for something that has the nutritional value to help you power through whatever it is that you have in front of you. And the thing that can help you do that is built bar 17 to 19 grams of protein, only five grams of sugar, only five grams of carbs, just a phenomenal midday snack. It's great for pre-workout. It's great for post-workout. Anytime you need some energy, grab a Built Bar. But you got to have them in your pantry. You can't just summon them out of thin air. So go to BuiltBar.com, use promo code LOCKED15, get 15% off your order, and get a box of delicious, nutritious Built Bars shipped right to your door. All right, so let's keep moving. We'll stay a little bit in the receiver, talk tight ends. We'll roll over, talk the offensive line. We'll finish it up with the quarterback, and then we'll get over to the defense. So projected depth chart, I think – I mean, look, I think tight end is pretty much a no-brainer, right? Cam McDonald's, that's your starter. And Jordan Wilson, too, the UCLA transfer that screwed his knee up last year. And who was also literally an extra lineman out there at the sixth spot, which kind of hurt us a lot. I mean, we – we talk a little bit about like Hachi can go on captain space, but the big thing is he is a large, large human yeah. being. And that's someone that will definitely help on the probably lineup on the left side. Like definitely blind, uh, protect Jordan Travis's or Mackenzie Mellon's whoever's starting blind spot. And you definitely need that. And like, did you see, it was like six, seven, like almost 200 pounds. Yeah. He's six. Uh, he's not six, seven. I think he's like six, five or so, but he he's like 265 pounds. He's a big boy. So he's definitely a blocking tight end. He's got, you know, when you when you look at his stats from UCLA, I think he had like 10 catches for 300 yards or something. So he didn't get the ball often, but when he did, they were they were good catches. So he is a 
I don't want to say a threat, but he has the ability to catch the football. You However, have the scheme for it just in case for it to happen, kind of like how Preston Daniel out of nowhere caught a pass from right. 40 yards. But I, w- I wouldn't expect when we're talking starter and getting uh, the preponderance of playing time, it's it's going to be it's, it's going to be Cam McDonald. We also have, a you know, that freshman that came in Jackson West, three star out of Alabama. He's got good size, six foot four, 245. Maybe maybe he'll be able to kind of jump the walk ons in Wyatt Rector and and Preston Daniel, which it's nice to at least have another scholarship tight in there. Uh, I don't know. I haven't seen any tape on him. Camp hasn't started yet, so I don't really know what to tell you. Let's go to the offensive line as a whole. I mean, we can we can talk offensive line with this team all day and all night. The reality is the offensive line was massively improved 2019 to 2020, and this is going to be the first time since I don't even know when, maybe 2000. 13 that we've brought back all five of our main starters from the year before. We also add a transfer from Notre Dame that we are all pretty excited about. What do y'all just general, general expectations of starters on the offensive line? Who do what do you think it looks like? So from left to right, I probably am going to go with the probably Darius Washington on the left side, Dylan Gibbons, probably a left guard. I still think Mo Smith was a huge surprise last year. I thought he was very good snapping the ball because we saw that Bavion is a lot better like at the guard spot because he doesn't have to worry about snapping the ball because for some reason, I don't understand how you are a, a number one center and you're unable to snap the ball and also guard. So maybe that was just a mental thing, but he was definitely improved last year at the right guard spot. And I'm actually going to flip it. I like love Taylor a lot better at the right tackle spot and I'll put Robert Scott actually at the right guard spot. I can see Dante Lucas coming in there as the swing lineman. He probably is naturally gifted our best physical tool lineman, but he definitely just needs to probably – a little more seasoning and then comes in there next year and learns like under a Dylan Gibbons. So that's kind of how I see it going. Yeah. And the good news is you just named three guys on the roster starting who are freshmen. So these are guys who, even though they're redshirt freshmen, this is what their third year in the system for at least two of them and who made massive improvements to the offensive line last year from the year before. So if they can even play as good as they did last year, meaning no improvement over last year, we're in a great spot. If they make any improvement, suddenly we're talking about an offensive line that's a good, not just for Florida State standards, but nationally a good offensive line. And we have six guys in the rotation this year. So there is more depth than there has been in the past in terms of if the guy goes down. I think we're okay. And there's not only more depth, there's like more leadership qualities with Love Taylor and also with Dylan Gibbons. There's also Brady Scott. You can see like he's not the best person there, but he's also you can see with the videos and like his camaraderie, he's definitely bringing out chemistry to the line to like probably get better together as a whole and also to learn and to just perform better. So I am very, I am actually stoked for the first time in a long time with the room that we have right now. So. Yeah. Our top five returners from last year bring a hundred career starts uh, combined with them. So that's a pretty great thing to see. I do want to caveat it a bit that I would be happy to see the same stats as last year, but it needs to be more about the offensive line and less about Jordan Travis making the offensive line look better I think him and what he did with his legs, both in scrambling to avoid sacks, but also in the way he made defensive linemen and the whole front seven account for his legs and the read option concept probably led to generation of more line yards than you're going to see with a more traditional quarterback. But nonetheless, you're right. They improved quite a bit. I think for me, I, I probably agree with with most of that um, that that lineup you guys threw out there. The one thing I want to point out, and this isn't to – to bring everybody down, but I, I think it's important is that we are we are in a very good spot for offensive line recruiting. 
but it is probably the toughest position to discern what it'll look like based on a kid's rankings. And Drake, you briefly mentioned Bavion. He was the number one offensive center in the country. He was number 43 player nationally. He was number five player in Florida. I like Bavion. He hasn't done jack center. Really hasn't. He's a horrible center, in fact. Mm -hmm. And every person who gets paid a lot more money than we get paid to do this had him projected as the best in the country in 2016. You know, people talk about, well, why hasn't Florida State recruited O-linemen? And I think under Taggart, there was a bit of a drop-off because of the way he switched offensive line coaches when Bryles came in. And But we've always recruited O-linemen pretty well. If you look back, they just haven't panned out. Maybe that's the coaching. Maybe that's bad scouting. I don't know. So I'm not saying be pessimistic, but the, the reason I'm bringing this up is when we see we're signing seven or eight offensive linemen, if signing day were tomorrow – don't think that's too much because you really have to cast a wide net at this position to, to hit gold. I mean, it's, I guess you don't fish with, you get what I'm saying. Uh, but yeah, it's, it's one of those positions where it is, it is very much a numbers game. And to your point, Drake, it's good to see that while we have five starters bringing a hundred starts in, we also have depth that's been in the system. So I think that's going to be a huge positive for the offensive line this year. And I'm actually really excited about that unit. So ladies and gentlemen, sorry to interrupt, but y'all know we love gaming here. Gaming makes watching the games fun. And the best way to do that is at betonline.ag. Tons of lines, tons of options. And we like to bring you the betonline.ag line of the day. I've got a full house. So gentlemen, quickly, I want to get each of y'all's opinion on these lines. I am looking at the NCAA championship odds. I'm also looking at conference championship odds. Which one of these lines do you think is more of a waste of money that our view, our listeners should stay far away from? Georgia, plus 650 to win the national championship, or Miami, plus 700 to win the ACC? Which one is more akin to lighting money on fire? Well, I, I'll tell you this. It's been many, many years since Georgia's won a national championship. It's been never since Miami's won the ACC. So I'm not betting on them to do something that they've never done and that will never happen. Yeah, I'm a big trend guy. If you specifically never, ever win your conference for almost two decades and you never will. So I'm probably thinking that you're burning money like in your face. If you want to waste your money, go ahead, right and do it, folks. I'm not here to tell you what to do with it, but Miami's not winning anything because they're not even going to win their division in the Coastal. So don't do that. Yeah, and just to clarify, folks, both of those are lighting money on fire, but because here at Locked On Seminoles, we like to give you something where you might actually make some money. Guys, your top odds to win the national championship, Alabama plus 260, Clemson 425, Oklahoma plus 650, Ohio State plus 675. There's a whole other slew of teams, but which one of those do you guys think is probably the best bet at this point? Well, I don't think Clemson's even going to win their own conference. I don't think they're making the CFP this year, in my personal opinion. I think with DJ, they actually have a really big learning curve. Their defense is decent, but they're they have no wide receivers at all whatsoever. So I think probably I would go honestly with maybe Ohio State. I actually do think CJ Stroud's very damn good. I think Alabama Bryce Young is very good, but I think CJ Stroud has been in the system a little bit longer. I think he has the better arm of the two. I was more a fan of him when he's recruiting, so I'm going to go with Ohio State. I was going to say the same thing, and it's. If you want to have a real exercise in sadness, just go look at their recruiting. I mean, it's ridiculous. They get anybody and everybody they want. No idea how that happens every year, but they have the best players on the field against almost probably anyone they're playing. 
Yeah, well, there you have it, folks. BetOnline.ag line of the day. You got Dave at plus 260, take Alabama. And Drake's giving you a little bit more of a value pick, but still a very realistic possibility in Ohio State at plus 675. Make sure you go to BetOnline.ag, create an account, use promo code Locked On, Get yourself a 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. But let's move over to the defense. Defense, defense. Oh, whoa, 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 whoa. We are not just going over. Not, we're skipping not about the, the most important so that's position. That's the best thing. I know we don't doing? want to talk about it. Yeah, we know it's going to be a one real quick. Like, yeah, yeah, no, no, no. I think, I, think, I think we all, I think I think we're all aligned. Let's go to defense. Let's just. Oh, we're, I'm we're just all, kidding. All, I'm kidding. We can talk quarterbacks. Um, No, let's talk quarterbacks. So. Where you go do first, we, I, we know where you stand. I, so I want first. you to go. Yeah, first. Right. yeah, go first. Please. Well, my 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 situation, my situation, my opinion has evolved a bit on this. I think I I'm trying to give a straight Say answer, it. but it's really Say hard. It. No, I look. Say I think it. if I think if Mackenzie Milton is up to ninety percent of who he was two years ago, I think he's your day one starter. Plain and simple. I don't know what he looks like, uh, but based on I'm. I'm trying to avoid that trap, and we'll talk about this more later in the week when we talk about what we think the season's going to be like heading into training camp. But this was a really bad football team last year. Like, we were really, really bad at football. I mean, we lost to Pitt by 30 points. Like We we were utterly embarrassed by Louisville. This isn't just like a, yeah, last year was a down year. I mean, they were they were horrible at football. And a lot of guys have left, and we've had some transfers, but there is a sort of benefit of the doubt we're giving the team assuming improvement i'm trying to not do that with travis because as much as i'd like his passing to improve i have no indication it has so if his passing is where it is and mckenzie's 90 percent or better or more i mean of what he was two years ago i think mckenzie's your starter but i do think jordan travis is a pivotal part of your offense for various packages various situations and you have to utilize his legs that's that's my stance on that so you think McKenzie Milton starts, yes or no? Yeah, that's what I said. He's your, I okay. think as long as he's at 90% of what he was, I think he's your day one starter. We just, again, to Dave's point uh, last week, we just don't know exactly what his knee looks like yet, and I think that's going to play a major role as well. But assuming health is what it is, yeah, I think he's your day one starter with Travis playing a very important role in the offense. You know, Drake, I don't feel compelled to add an awful lot because I'm just so happy for those words to enter my ears. Oh, I, I know. say I'm, all I'm going to say is this: I can we I can evolve some... I can evolve positions. Y'all know I'm a reasonable guy, and if you got you guys have made some very valid points about it, and I I agree with you. I think well, I was more on the Jordan Travis train, and now I I'm more on the Jordan Travis as our 2022 starter. I'm gonna I'm gonna add this. This is all I'm gonna say on the quarterback position. We've had some really bad luck with quarterback transfers at FSU. Everett Golson and Alex Warnibrook were not it. it. Just that's point blank they just weren't it and we kind of knew that going in especially with Hornybrook that he was his arm strength especially was limited uh Everett Golson I think That's a lot a of people are putting it you mean the water uh, Everett, pistol that he had right I think Everett Golson a lot of people expected a lot out of him though and Mackenzie Milton is categorically different he absolutely has that arm and we we don't have as much information as we'd like but good god if he's even 80 percent of what he was at UCF that's we looked up those numbers. It would be one of the better seasons we've right. had since Frenchie. Oh, you're right. We did that math. Sorry. That was no, no, uh, Drake. I think that was just a Dave and I episode, but Dave and I actually did calculate out, okay, what's 80% of his numbers? And it would be a phenomenal season. I think, too, we saw all three of us were at the spring game. If he can perform at the spring game under pressure in an actual rush, the way he performed, or 
sorry, not at the spring game. If he can perform in a game the way he performed at the spring game under an actual rush with real defenders trying to actually tackle him, yeah, I think he's he's your starter. And not only that, that was also, I think, maybe only two months under the playbook, too, with a limited, you know, sort of skill set. He's still acclimated that. And you, from what you're hearing from player around practices, that he definitely is taking the leaps and bounds and actually is performing extremely well. And to the Ever Golson point, I understand there was like a fanfare with him, but Ever Golson, you know, was a, a decent quarterback on a team that went to play in the Natty that he didn't play in eventually. Yeah, Mackenzie Milton is a different animal in the fact that he was a top five Heisman vote getter when he actually was at UCF in 2017 and then 2018 prior to his injury. So if we even like get 80, yeah, like 80% of Mackenzie Milton, like that's going to be very, very dangerous. And also, I think it's really important to look to see. I think it's a lot more important that the wide receivers are actually able to somewhat get open, catch the ball too, that also help the offensive line also help them as well. So I'm on the camp. That I think Mackenzie Milton is definitely going to be your starter from day one. I do think Jordan Travis is going to be in those red zone situations. I think he might go out on the slot, maybe as a tailback, because he does have the most electric legs in college football. But I think we're all on the same page here that Mackenzie Miller started day one. Yeah, I want to add a little bit of color when you talk about our our past with transfers, too. When you look at Everett Golson and you look at Alex Hornibrook, and then you look at Mackenzie Milton and how they compare, I think the thing with Hornibrook was he was just a god-awful athlete. He was decent at Wisconsin, but you don't need to be a good quarterback at Wisconsin, especially back in those days with the running backs he had and the offensive line he had to do really much of anything like, of anything. You yeah. anybody could have thrown for, you know, two, 300 yards a game and been serviceable on those offenses. I think Everett Golson, I'm going to go one step further and be a little bit meaner because I just talked to our boy, Philly G from one foot down two days ago, Everett Golson was, yet another product of Jimbo Fisher's, I don't know if it was stubbornness or lack of research, but Jimbo Fisher had this very serious problem that will continue to plague him, in my opinion, for the rest of his coaching career in that he only looks at what someone does on the stat sheet and on the field. But when you talk to Notre Dame people, they were in no way, shape, or form surprised that Everett Golson didn't put in full effort to learn Jimbo's super complex playbook, didn't actually know what he was doing out there, and didn't perform as well as Sean McGuire, who loved the kid for what he did, but at best was a serviceable backup, and he was eventually able to beat him out for the role. So, uh, yeah, I think this is entirely different. I think this coaching staff does their homework, and I think McKenzie Milton, like Drake said, was a top-five Heisman vote-getter. Two, we're running an offense very similar to what he ran at UCF, and he was here in the spring, unlike Everett Golson, so he's actually had time to learn it. And three, the team is coalescing around him. They seem to very much like him. And this coaching staff does their research. And there's, I mean, I trust them. I haven't heard anything about off the field issues. So I think he's probably an entire, while they're all technically quote, well, while these two Golson and, and Hornybrook are quote transfers, I think McKenzie is in a class of his own when it comes to those two. I, I don't think there's even a comparison there. Yeah. So I don't know. Those are my feelings about, uh, about quarterback. I guess they've uh, evolved a little, as some will say. But, folks, thanks for joining us today. I know we said we'd get to the defense next, but we already got a full episode because y'all know us. We get fired up about a topic, and we like to go and go. So we're actually going to address defense tomorrow. Make sure y'all tune in. We are back in season. That means we have episodes five days a week, wherever you get your podcasts from, Apple Pods, Stitcher, Spotify, Odyssey, whatever you use, make sure you follow us. That way, every new episode Hits it right in the queue. I'm Max. That was Drake. That was Dave. And this was Locked On Seminoles.
We are officially the KZ Hive, folks. Take care, buddy. I don't, I don't know about KZ Hive. I, mean, I still love Jordan Travis, but you know. Don't know. It's called KZ. Go KZ. Yeah, yeah, yeah. KZ Prize. All, right. All right, y'all win. You get it.